Hello and welcome to another episode on Agile Sustainability. So far, we have collected 8 puzzle pieces from 8 amazing speakers, and today we're going to put those puzzle pieces together. In the future, we will continue to have this putting puzzle pieces together session when we gather enough interesting content. I hope this recap sessions will help new listeners to quickly find the episode that interests them the most. So this recap episode is my first attempt to transfer the knowledge I learned on this topic to new listeners. By the way, I am a huge fan on knowledge transfer. Maybe because as a software engineer, I always have to learn a lot of new things quickly. And when I start a project on sustainability, there's even more to learn as the sustainability domain could cover potentially every aspect of our lives. So I figure if I can only enjoy a limited lifespan, the only solution to learning this vast amount of knowledge is to increase the speed of knowledge transfer. So if you have any suggestions on transferring knowledge efficiently, please send your suggestions to podcast at agilesustainability.org. Without further ado, let's start putting the puzzle pieces together. Let's start with episode 1 to 4. I will use the following structure to do the recap. Firstly, I will do a brief introduction on the speakers and their background. Then, I will share about the questions we discussed in the episode. Following that, I will elaborate on one highlight from the speakers sharing. So our very first episode was with Ramji from A Better Consultancy, in short, ABC. The name ABC is quite interesting. One of the meanings behind ABC is that with the right approach, everything can be made as simple as ABC. And just like the interesting name of the company, Ramji is also a super interesting speaker to talk to. I highly encourage new listeners to give this episode a try. So recently, Ramji and his team delivered a software product for sustainability. There were some interesting learnings from the project. More specifically, we talked about potential challenges for businesses to adopt sustainability. And if businesses do decide to transition to a more sustainable business, what are the entry points they can consider? And since the knowledge to learn about sustainability is huge, how can businesses facilitate that learning process within the team? After delivering the sustainability product, in retrospective, what were the useful things to know before the project? And lastly, Ramji gave his advice for other business practitioners who are planning to build sustainability solutions. One of the highlights from Ramji's sharing was the idea to borrow the open source methodology to develop sustainability solutioning frameworks. To those who are unfamiliar with the open source software, the benefit of it is that anyone can contribute to it, use it, and distribute it. As a result, every software engineer can save efforts from reinventing the wheels and start to deliver business value faster. Similarly, it might help to build solutioning frameworks on sustainability collectively by businesses from all over the world. Our second episode was with Garima from Georgia State University. Garima researched on balancing profitability and sustainability for businesses. She has worked closely with many businesses to observe their decision-making process when it comes to achieving social and profit goals. To understand more on this topic, we talked about the pressing motivations for businesses to take action on sustainability. And once businesses decide to start, how can they lay out a plan for the transition, since there are so many changes going on in the world? To help with planning, what are the useful thinking tools? 
One tool mentioned by Garema in the podcast was zooming in and zooming out. And once businesses are in the transition phase, how can they measure the progress and make adjustments accordingly? Finally, we touch on ways for businesses to balance profitability and sustainability. One of the highlights was to challenge the assumption of a zero-sum game in terms of resource allocation. For example, businesses may think if they allocate more resources to develop sustainability, fewer resources will go to develop new profits. This thinking process put profitability and sustainability in competing positions. Garima suggested that this might be an assumption worth challenging. Alternatively, it is possible that developing sustainability helped businesses to find new opportunities and new revenue streams. In this case, profitability and sustainability development are aligned and hence balanced. Our third episode was with Simon. Simon has experiences in both the academic and business world. He is an assistant professor from Singapore Management University. He is also an entrepreneur who founded a social enterprise called Handprint and an NGO called Global Mangrove Trust. His first-hand experience in both the academic and business world makes his insights on digital sustainability all the more interesting. In this episode, we talk about the definition of digital sustainability, what are the signs that digitalization and sustainability are converging, and the key drivers for businesses to shift towards digital sustainability. What are the useful digital tools that businesses can choose? And speaking from his experiences as an entrepreneur, what were the digital tools used by Handprint and Global Mangrove Trust? One of the highlights was a powerful use case of digital tools on promoting sustainability. Before the widespread of digital technology, carbon emission reductions are intangible, difficult to quantify, and nearly impossible to claim ownership it is challenging for businesses to prove their carbon emissions are neutralized by the emission reduction resources like forests they invest in. Simon shared a very interesting solution to this challenge with a combination of modern digital tools, namely blockchain, machine learning, and satellites. If you're interested in the details of this use case, you can find more in this episode. Our fourth episode was on sustainability reporting with Christian from Copenhagen Business School. Christian collaborated closely with the palm oil sector. He helped to build sustainability reports that demonstrate the sector's commitments to maintaining a sustainable environment. This collaboration experience gave him valuable first-hand information. More specifically, what are the benefits of investing in sustainability reporting? How sustainability reporting evolved over the years? What are the changes in external regulations around sustainability that affected business reporting? What are the means for businesses to start sustainability reporting? And how to collect and manage data efficiently for building the reports? And lastly, what are the future trends in sustainability reporting? One of the highlights from Christian's sharing is to leverage an agile approach when building sustainability reports it's very difficult for businesses to craft a finalized standards or templates for sustainability reports on the first try, and it's common that sustainability reports get involved in iterations, and it's normal that each iteration introduces different changes than their previous versions. What's important is the learning journey that companies go through to increase the transparency on the company's status on sustainable development 
while building sustainability reports. And that was the recap for episode from one to four. Wow, we really touched on quite a lot of interesting questions and content. I hope our listeners find these quick recaps useful. We will continue to release more recap sessions in the future. If you have any feedbacks or suggestions, don't hesitate to contact us via podcast at agilesustainability.org. We want to hear from you, and let's build this podcast together. If you're interested in the questions we're planning to address, please visit our podcast homepage at www.agilesustainability.org. Let's collect more puzzle pieces on sustainability together. Subscribe and stay tuned.